So I was born and raised on the South Shore of Boston and uh, married with three kids. Um, I've been a realtor for about 15 years, but I've loved real estate for as long as I can remember. Um, I think I bought my first house when I was 27, when my great aunt um, left each of her um, nieces and nephews $15,000. Everybody else went out and bought a car and uh, I said, I think that's a down payment. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I am joined today by Kristen Bishop. Welcome, Kristen, and thanks for being here. Thank you, Zach. I would love for you to just start with with your story. Uh, who is Kristen? What does she do professionally? And uh, talk to us, if you wouldn't mind, a little bit about your very first stay at an Airbnb. What was that experience like? That's the, that's a jam packed question there, but um, let's just let's just start start with all of that, if you don't mind. Okay, and I, I have a funny answer too. So um, I am a mom. I feel like you're so. I have to start with that. And I'm a realtor. So I was born and raised on the South Shore of Boston and uh, married with three kids. Um, I've been a realtor for about 15 years, but I've loved real estate for as long as I can remember. Um, I think I bought my first house when I was 27, when my great aunt um, left each of her um, nieces and nephews $15,000. Everybody else went out and bought a car. And uh, I said, I think that's a down payment. Wow. So I got my first or $106,000 back in the day. And um, and I've loved real estate ever since. So that's kind of how my Airbnb story started. Um, so the funny thing is I've actually never stayed in an Airbnb. Really? <laughs> never is, stayed in an Airbnb? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I'm a super host. So um, yeah, which is quite funny, yeah. And why is that? Is that just because you're too busy to, to travel? Is that because when you do travel, you no, want to stay in a hotel? Or what's the reason behind that? Exactly. It's actually, those are good questions. So I actually do, um, my husband is from England and half his family is in England and half is in Ireland. So when we go there, we stay with family okay. and, um, my sister and I do a lot of traveling in Europe and, um, I don't know why we just ended up staying at hotels, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, I think now, because it's been, I think the last time because of the pandemic we've traveled, it's been about a year. So I do think going forward, I would probably stay at Airbnbs, but I actually, to this point, have not stayed in one. <laughs> so did you, I'm curious, did you, when you uh, purchased your first first home, was that, was the idea of that, that that was going to be an investment from the get-go? Did you end up living in the home for a while? Um, um, yeah, I lived house it was um a total renovation mostly because for 106,000 even back in the day you wasn't you know amazing sure and I think I fell in love with restoring houses um and so my fiance at the time um he also bought a two-family and restored that as well so we kind of when we got married we ended up renting out his two-family we got into like traditional 
um, income property management, which okay. is not, it's not very fulfilling. <laughs> it's very, you know, manage the house. Um, you don't get to know the clients. You're not, there's nothing special about it. Um, so we've done that for probably, oh my gosh, like 25 years now. Wow. Wow. And then when, so at what point in time did you turn that, that first place into an Airbnb? Like, is it an Airbnb now? No, no, yeah, no that one I kept, we, um, we, we renovated. Um, and I think I sold it for like 240,000 a couple years later, which back in the day was a good turnaround. Yeah. And we used that money to buy the house that we raised our family in, which was a, like a full renovation as well. I'm, I'm big into, um, I like, as you can see the house you're staying in now, I have a fondness for like 1920s, um, houses. I just think I, as a realtor, I see cookie cutter all the time. I see like your, you know, four bedroom, two and a half bath colonial. And I just, I mean, like, you know, the layout, it's the same decor, everything, the houses that really pull at my heart are the really unique ones where you just see features that you've never seen before and layouts and, um, character. It's just, I, I think those things, th those are the ones that make me fall in love. So that's, we fell in love with our house in, um, on the South shore in Boston and we restored that. So, so we, you know, we're kind of big. I think my husband's getting a little tired of renovating stuff now, but that's how we've you know kind of moved along. Fantastic. Wow. What a story. Uh, talk about sort of like an exciting first few years of, of marriage. And then as you even, you know, started a family and raised your kids, having sort of this uh, alternative, um, you know, lifestyle in a sense. And um, yeah. it, it sounds it sounds like there was always there was always a project to work on. Um, and I'm sure yeah. that that brought, uh, that brought the family together in, in a pretty unique way. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. My, my kids don't like when I pull up and I'm like, oh, by the way, we have to go rake someone else's yard. <laughs> yes. Yes. I bet. I bet. Well, Hey, so I am currently staying at one of your yep. properties with, with my wife and we are at Camp Adelaide. And this, for our listeners, this property is absolutely gorgeous. It's a uh, cottage that overlooks this beautiful lake, Lake Mystic, or is it Mystic Lake? Um, no, Mystic Lake. Mystic Lake. And um, I'm just curious, you walk into this place, there's a fantastic great room and your eyes can't help but just immediately look out across the deck um, upon the lake, and it is the I guess it's almost mid October here now, so um, the the leaves are changing. Um, there's a crispness in the air. It's just it's a very very beautiful uh, time on the Cape. But I'm curious, Kristen, can you remember what what first stood out to you about this place? And it's my understanding that you that you purchased this, this place pretty recently. Um, so talk yes. to us if you wouldn't mind about sort of the story behind how you discovered Camp Adelaide and what why you decided to to purchase this place. Yeah, yeah, that's easy if I could talk about it forever. So um, we do have another Airbnb on the Cape in um, Mashpee and that we got and we kind of renovated and that's not on a lake. And I've always dreamed of owning a lake house on the Cape. Um, and so I have like my real estate searches and I got an email one morning and I clicked on it and I saw the pictures and I went, oh my gosh, I just have to see it. And I was staying not too far from there, about 20 minutes from there. And so I called the realtors and I said, um, can I get in? And they said, oh, we're sorry. All the showing slots for today are completely booked. 
And I basically spent 10 minutes begging my way into a um, 10 minute slot. They would only allow me 10 minutes to see the property. Um, So I told them that that's all I needed. And I drove down this long and winding driveway and saw the house and about 15 feet from the house, like I'm sure you did too, as you can see in all the front windows, you can see straight through the great room and you can see all of the lake. And I just went, oh my gosh. And then I stepped in the great room and it just had this smell of vintage cottage that you would rent, you know, in the Cape and it, you saw the big fireplace and all the windows and that's all I needed. And the hardwood floors, just, I just went, that's, it's, I love, that was everything I really ever dreamed of. And I just went, oh my gosh. And the rest was a blur because I basically just ran around taking videos of the rooms because I only had seven minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. That's incredible. And then um, I'm curious. So you show up, and you get a tour of this place were you initially like from the offset were you thinking okay we like i want this place did you have a client in mind like when you decided no. to to go in and view the property what what was the initial intention um the intention was to look for something that if i could finagle away to get this to be mine and i could offset the cost of owning it by doing Airbnb and that if my husband was on board that this could be mine so I would never have given this house to it would actually make it would have made me too sad to find a client to buy this house because I fell in love right away wow it's like finding your husband and being like hey want to date my friend yeah (laughs) (laughs) no that's great yeah, and I did uh, a lot to get this house. Um, I wasn't the official, um, uh, the initial winner of the house. They actually had a home inspection. Long story short, it was a very long process, but I um, did everything in my real estate wheelhouse to get it, and, and we did. So I was quite happy. Wow! Wow! No, what a what a story. And um, I, you know, I, I, you know, don't know the Cape incredibly well. We've stayed here a few times over the years, um, but I've never seen a proper like. And we've we've stayed at a number of of lake houses on the Cape, but yeah. I've never seen yeah. uh, a property with as large of like this like little private beach that you all have like it's it's pretty unique in terms yeah. like there's like it's there's some legitimate sand there um and <laughs> you, you really can yeah. hang out and sprawl out and you, you know it's not like a, a tiny little sliver of of coast right it's it's a full-on like yeah. little beach so uh yeah. I, i'm i'm curious like are there are there a lot of places like this or is this is this pretty unique there are it's pretty unique in the sense that a lot of the larger lakes um, have they um, a lot of the houses are a lot closer together, so you don't have the privacy. Yeah, and then there are not a lot. Like if you look around, even this lake, there's probably like I can count how many um, how many houses have actually like sandy beaches. Yeah, but a lot like you just kind of end in you know where they put the dock out, and you just kind of you know jump out and swim. Um, so there's not that many. And I do know when I was, you know, buying the house on paper, it looked like you could do a lot more with the house. Um, because it's on an acre and a half of land, a lot of people looked at the house and they're like, oh my gosh, we'll knock this little old cottage down and we'll build this million dollar house. But then you get there and you realize that like a good two thirds of the land is a cliff. Yeah. 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 (laughs) and and that was kind of i think how i got the house is because the sellers 
loved the house. They've owned it. They had owned it at that point for 30 years. And I think they were only the fourth owners of the house. And I was adamant that I would never change the house, that I wanted it for the 1930s guest house that it was. I would not knock it down. I would not do anything to to change it in any way. And I think a lot of the feedback they were getting was for everybody who wanted like a new modern house. And that's yeah. not what, that's not what this should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, there is absolutely this like rustic charm about, about the place. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was, I was curious sort of like what your thoughts were, what your intentions were um, sort of in, in, in the long term. but that's, that's super helpful context. Speaking of like the, the previous owners, can you talk a little bit about this? This property has a pretty unique uh, history. Um, and can you, can you just share a little bit about it with us? Yeah. So what really what I've been, what I've kind of found online is that there was a couple, um, Adelaide and Maurice Klaus from Brookline who bought 70 acres of land overlooking Mystic Lake, um, right after World War One, And they called it Camp Adelaide after his wife, which I think is endearing. Wow. And, um, after Klaus died, um, they sold the land to the heirs of the Filene's estate, like Filene's, like Filene's basement yeah. and the Filene's department. Is that only New England? I don't know if that's only New England. I think it's primary. I think it's primarily New England. Yes, but uh, I think okay. most people are familiar with it. Okay, yeah. So it was the heirs to the Filene's estate, and they owned it. And I think in the so basically the, the original house was the um, Camp Adelaide, which was to the if you're facing the water, it's to the left of the house, and our house, which is the guest house. And the main house actually burnt down in the 1950s. Wow. So our house only original one on um on that part of the lake which is nice wow wow yes what a what a story i was curious we were trying to get a we were doing uh we went on a little walk and trying to get just a lay of the land and trying to understand sort of like how much property um you know, was initially purchased and, you know, how there, these homes are very, uh, as you, as you alluded to earlier, it's, they're very spacious. You don't really feel like you're on top of anyone. In fact, uh, yeah. we were, we were saying earlier that, um, you know, my wife and I, it's been like a challenge to like even see a human, which is great during a uh, quarantine. Yeah. Uh, you can go on a yeah. run and not run into a bunch of people. And, you know, we're from Washington yeah. DC where that is next to impossible. So, um, yeah. But but yeah, we were we were trying to get a, a sense for like the lay of the land and um, understanding like okay, what 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 homes were um, uh, the homes of the Filenes versus um, you know uh, what, what home what properties sort of like popped up as a result of uh, that family uh, owning owning this this sort of plot of land. So super super interesting there. Do you guys have any uh, any? Do you know the neighbors? Like, have you uh, are, are you friends with anyone in, the, in this community? Not really, just because um, we bought it actually not too um, much before the pandemic. We got it like the fall before. And um, so we've I've met like the neighbors right to our left and that's about it. And everybody else has just been via email. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the neighborhood too, for our, for our listeners is it, I mean, the, the time of year, you just can't help. It it really feels like hallmarkish. You're, you're walking around these, these streets, the leaves are changing. There's pine needles, you know, um, uh, all, all across like the road. Uh, there are 
pumpkins that people have put out and and candle lights it's a very sort of like picturesque uh feel and like the perfect sort of like uh space to conduct an evening or a an early morning walk um the yeah. the neighborhood just has so much uh so much charm so much new england charm um that it's it's a great way to start or end your day yeah well, it's funny because one of my favorite things is I because the house we have in our primary residence is, you know, I'm surrounded by houses and I'm on a main street. So I get a lot of people. So when I'm there, I just think it's fascinating because it has a big front deck that overlooks um, Mystic Lake. And the house, like you said, is just very 1930s. It's got the small little kitchen with the stainless steel counters and the quirky bathroom with the square, you know, tub. Yes. It's just, it's fascinating. And in the summer with all the trees up, you literally, cause it's, it's situated on just about an acre and a half. You can't see anyone around you. Wow. And then the fact thing I love about it is that the original um, airport to Cape Cod, the Cape Cod airport is at the end of Mystic Lake. Yeah. And so I don't know if you've seen, but they have all like the bomber planes and the biplanes yes. flying around. Yes. You're sitting on the deck and you can't see anybody and you're in this 1930s cottage and these biplanes fly by and you're just going, oh my gosh, you, you could almost lose track of whatever you're in, which I think is amazing. And so I don't know if you've seen the planes and then sometimes they'll be sitting out there and you won't even hear a plane, but you'll hear this little whoosh and you look up and they're parachuters yes. coming down from the sky. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, we've seen, we've seen these vintage planes flying about and like yeah. we were, we went and went on a canoe ride the other day and as we're <laughs> paddling across the lake, you, we see this, you know, vibrant, uh, red, uh, plane yeah, kind of like yeah. swoop. It, it, you know, it, it almost felt like it was like right on top of us. Of course it wasn't. But, um, and you look up and again, yes, you feel like, whoa, are, are we back in like World War II era? Like, where are we? Um, and it, it is this, it is this very sort of like charming, um, escape. And, uh, not just, not just in terms of sort of like, the the plot of land but as, as you've have you've uh discussed already just sort of what surrounds it with again these vintage yeah. planes and the the features of the home itself um you know the the kitchen and and whatnot and so i yeah it's been it's been like a very sort of uh welcomed retreat into uh yeah. into the past which has been which has been very exciting and that's what I try to explain to people because I do try to talk to guests beforehand because I think if people are expecting like this modern, you know, Cape house with all these amenities, it's, you have to understand and appreciate what the house is to, I think, really enjoy your stay there yeah. um, is that it's very quirky. I mean, there's, I mean, like with the 1930s guest cabin, I mean, there's not a lot of lights there, yeah. <laughs> like as I'm sure you so I'm like, if you're going out, you need to turn some lights on before you come home. So it's you have to have people who understand and really do appreciate that era of home. Yes, know? yes. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to switch and talk a little bit about why you decided to become an Airbnb host. So you obviously have this uh, professional experience in real estate, but what was like? Why did you decide to? first get on Airbnb um, as opposed to just rent the home to, um, you know, in, in a more traditional context. Can you talk to us a little bit yeah. about uh, that decision-making process? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it really stems from me being in real estate. So, um, and I think everything kind of comes together. So because I've been in real estate and um, I take my job serious, seriously in the sense that I have, you know, professional photos for every listing. Um, I, you know, it's a lot of marketing and, and that's my background is because I have like an MBA in marketing and stuff. So I'm, I'm a lot about the presentation. And so the first house we bought in down the Cape, which is in Mashpee, um, we bought that, you know, cause we wanted to have a Cape house and I definitely knew I wanted to rent it out. And Airbnb to me was the most professional and it was the, it was most uh, similar to what I was used to as far as like marketing a house for sale mm. is that it really tell a story in the sense of like the number of photos and that you can, um, you know, put descriptions in and kind of, um, you can add videos and stuff. And that's what I wanted. So I did have, um, professional photos taken of my first house and from this house too. Um, because I think it's, that's how I'm used to presenting a property. Um, so we, you know, so we had the first house, which I really, really do like, and it's been, but that one is very much a business. Whereas this house, um, Camp Adelaide is where I plan to retire someday. It is the love of my life. So I love that house more than anything. So, um, so Airbnb, I found is just kind of a way to help, um, you know, pay the bills really and, and pay for a house that I couldn't afford really at this point to have Camp Adelaide sitting there when I wasn't using it and just, you know, paying the money to keep it running as a second home. So this allows me to have this house that eventually, hopefully I'll, you know, retire to, but it helps pay the bills in the meantime. And I do work with a lot of clients that I get to talk to um, from an investment standpoint and really talk to them about the ways that they can use real estate to attain their own personal goals. Wow. Wow. So I'm curious, do you have several friends or, or, or any people like any, any, uh, contacts who are also Airbnb hosts? Like, do you, is there, is it, are there like little communities that exist of Airbnb hosts that like share ideas and resources with each other? Or, um, are, are you sort of like on the bleeding edge here? Um, I'm just kind of on my own right now, but, yeah. um, I have, I mean, I have sold properties to clients, to real estate clients, and that I have, you know, shown them my Airbnb, and then I've talked to them about the ways to make it, you know, to work for them, and they have started doing Airbnbs themselves, which is neat. Um, I do have um, friends who have an Airbnb, and we've talked about kind of getting together and, um, you know, kind of tossing ideas around. There are some, not like support groups, there's some like Facebook groups um, for even just like Cape rentals, um, because there are like tricky things that you have to get around as far as like you know cleaning and managing the properties and stuff so I use a lot of those resources to find like you know good landscapers that you can call in to do you know projects and to find someone you know quick you know if you need a plumber um so there are a lot of good resources online I do find Facebook seems to be the quickest one so if you find um you know groups not necessarily Airbnb I think you have to find um rental groups for your area because typically the questions that come up from me are questions about managing the property specific to a certain area. Sure, sure, sure. Now that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
And it, you know, it's cool to see sort of these like micro communities popping up sort of around this idea of how do you help support one another who, you know, how do you, how do you support other people who have rentals in this place with, um, you know, uh, resources and, um, even just sort of like, uh, referrals for, as you, as you mentioned, people to help, uh, take care of the place and whatnot, um, makes, makes a lot of sense. I'm curious. So again, I know that Camp Adelaide has only been, um, yours for, uh, I guess just over a year now, just about a year now. Yeah. And, um, I'm curious, so it hasn't been, and, you know, and then obviously we were hit with COVID. So I don't know, I actually don't know how many people have, have stayed here since you've uh, listed it on Airbnb, but I'm curious, you know, what are some adjectives that you hope guests would include in their reviews after staying at, at Camp Adelaide or, or even at one of your other places? Yeah, I mean, I think for Camp Adelaide, because I take the reviews there more to heart, because to me, the other the other Airbnb we have is just more of a, a business, whereas this is what I consider a home. Um, so I think peaceful. Mm. <laughs> um, I think if people leave, they're just feeling like it was a peaceful vacation. Um, I just love, I love when people tell me anything about how much that anything that <laughs> resonates with me as far as what they did, they cared about the house and the house meant something to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's beautiful. And, and, and very well said. And I was, uh, I was telling my wife earlier today, we were, we sat out on the porch and we turned the space, the little space heater on, um, which was, which was great. And, you know, sitting under that thing, you, you forget it's cool outside. Um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a great, yeah. great, uh, uh, amenity to have, especially, yeah. especially these days. And we're, we're sitting out there and, um, you know, looking out and it's a, it's a gloomier day today. Um, and again, it's, there's a little bit of a, a chill in the air. It's, it's windy. The, the leaves are really starting to change. And I was like, you know, this is where, you know, novels are written. Like this is where reflection happens. This is where people decide to make huge life pivots. Um, and you know, I think that that's a testament to the spirit of this place, um, so, you know, thank you for, for sharing it with us. And, and I, I completely agree that it, it's been peaceful. Yeah, that's, but that's the big thing. And even just you saying that, like, it just, it's, it's wonderful. Cause that's, I, I know you feel about the house, how you, you, you understand how, how I feel about it. Uh, I'm also curious, just, uh, some uh, additional questions about like what it's like to, to be a host. What are some of yep. the, uh, the more memorable requests, uh, you've received as a host, um, from a, from a prospective guest or even once somebody's uh, staying at one of your places? Yeah, I mean, I think the most memorable ones have just been like wedding requests. Um, recently, um, well, actually last fall, I had someone who asked if it was okay if they could get married on the beach, which of course. Um, and then actually during COVID, um, I had a, a mom reach out to me and her daughter's wedding had been, um, you know, they had had to narrow it down from like 120 people to 20 people to an outdoor event. Wow. And she just wanted a place for the bride and the bridesmaids to, you know, have, you know, a weekend to themselves and, and get ready before the wedding. And so I helped her out with some ideas and, you know, decor and, you know, left wine. And, and that to me is just, you can just, that means more to me than, I mean, like I, I, every other stay is nice, but it's just nice when you get to help someone out in, um, for an event that's really as special as a wedding. 
Wow. Wow. No, that is, that is unbelievably like what a gift, um, both for them, but also, yeah. but also for you to be able to participate in that. And yeah, these times I are just, yeah. yeah, these times are just so, so crazy. And, um, you know, all of those additional touches, I think, uh, go a long way. So, um, and, and I, I'm curious when you think about like what you've learned, over your, you know, tenure as an Airbnb host, um, what do you think makes a a really great host? I'm sure you've dabbled in, or maybe you haven't, but I, I if I were you, I would have uh, dabbled in sort of reading reviews of other hosts and other properties, um, uh, especially ones uh, ones near mine. I'm curious, what do you think it takes to be a really great Airbnb host? Oh, well, research. That would have been helpful, Zach. Where were you at the beginning? So I didn't read any reviews. Um, I think um, I think uh, Airbnb host that cares. Um, if you care about the property um, and if you care about the guest's experience, I think that resonates through everything. So I really, I really do care about my reviews. I care about the guests. I care about everything. I feel like I look at it with an eye. I do like after like my properties are ready for a rental, I do try to, you know, walk in and look at everything to make sure every pillow is right. And, um, you know, that there's a new soap and I just want them to feel like when they come in to be happy about every little detail. So I think if you have a guest, if you're an Airbnb host that cares, um, that's really important. I think if, if it's someone else, I guess it could work. If you look at this only as a business, as an income, I don't know if it's as successful because I don't mm. think you really do have to have a caring part in there to make it a step up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think from the guest perspective, you can always tell um, between the hosts that, that do care and the hosts that, that don't care. Um, and the hosts that, again, yeah. I think you put it so well when you said uh, treat it like a business versus, you know, treating it like a part of them, a, a, you know, a, a home. Yeah. And I, it, it is totally noticeable, um, especially when, you know, we've stayed at places too where you send a request to a guest and you, you ask for uh, feedback, or you ask for recommendations or you ask for, hey, you know, this, this thing broke or, or whatever it is. And, you know, there's no response for 48 hours in some contexts, right? And yeah. Um, yeah. that's just you know, versus, versus the, the hosts like you that are incredibly responsive and helpful and clearly want to help us have the best possible experience here. So I think caring is is fundamental to the overarching experience that a guest has at an Airbnb, which brings me to uh, my next question for you, which is around what do you think on the opposite side of things? What do you think it takes uh, to make a, a really great guest? Like what have you uh, have you had poor guests before? Um, and how, how how are those contrasted with like great guests? Um, I think you also have to, I mean, for Airbnb host, like you also have a, have to have a thick skin. Um, I think to be a good guest, you have to realize that these, this is somebody's house and that they're trying and that this is not a hotel. I mean, hotels have like, you know, I feel like you have certain standards and they have processes for, you know, you know, getting the room ready is that I think you have to have, you know, rent Airbnbs with a little bit of grain of salt in the sense that you have to realize that not everything's going to be perfect. I mean, I would say out of, I mean, I work my tail off um, to make sure the houses are perfect. And I will tell you probably eight times out of 10, I still always get after check-in some type of 
criticism. Mm. Um, I, my first rental, they knew it was my first rental at Camp Adelaide. I worked my tail off on it. And the renter, um, the guest, you know, wrote me, she's like, I just want to let you know that there were a pair of socks on the beach. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> my God. He left and down to the beach and left his socks. And I was like, and that's the takeaway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think, um, I think guests have to be aware that it's, I know, I think if you walk in, obviously if the place is not up to par and stuff, but it's, I, I'm so used to it now. It does not bother me. I, I do, I do my best. I have cleaners, they do their best. Um, but it's hard. I mean, on the flip side, I think obviously, you know, if you go into a property that is, not taken care of and you know it can be in very poor shape that's a different story but if you have a guest if you if you can tell that you know the your airbnb host has tried and um you have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt that's all yeah yeah and i think one of the things that that i've uh experienced which i think you do very well is you uh, sometimes when you walk into a home they've got like a little guest book that helps explain sort of like some of the context around hey yeah this is a old home um you know you're yeah. probably if your expectation is that heat is going to be evenly distributed across every room yeah. right you should have stayed somewhere somewhere else that's not that's not what yeah. that's not how these homes work right you've got these uh yeah. these radiators that uh, basically have like an on and off switch. It's either, you know, really yeah. warm or, or, or cold. Um, but what I think some some hosts uh, fail to do is maybe, and I don't know if this is because of, uh, out, of out of sort of embarrassment or sort of wanting to, to kind of hide a little bit of, of maybe some of the shadier spots of, of the house or aspects of the home um, and, and whatnot. But, you know, I love what you did with your guest book is be super upfront about like, hey, yes, like these are older windows. Here's how you take care of them. Like this is how you open them. This is how, you know, this is how they lock. And uh, I think being super upfront with uh, the character of the home. Uh, and it basically it's sort of like it, it transforms the space from just any old rental to um, a space that, you know, has a soul in and of itself um, or, or yeah. in an aspect. And I think that the hosts that sort of like lean into that are the hosts that um, do well because then when their guests again, when guests come into their space, they know how to care for it. They know about the intentionality and the thought behind um, behind the space. Um, and in the end, I feel like both customer and um, and seller sort of uh, end with a with a better experience overall. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I mean, I really looked at it going, you know, the house is quirky. Any house is quirky. We're like, what's what does this light switch do? And I think that guests don't want to, I think guests are a lot um, oftentimes hesitant to reach out to me over and over again, being like, hey, what do we do this? And I think I really kind of went through each and every room saying, how do I function? How do I operate everything in this room? And it might be overkill, but I want people to have a resource so they they have answers to their questions um, in the sense that like, you know, like any house, like it, it kind of takes a while to figure out what goes where. And, you know, so, and especially for a quirky house like Adelaide, I just think, and you miss some of the things like, um, you know, there are lights all around the deck and I, I hope I told you how to put them on. Yes, yes, um, you did. You did. They're great. We love them. <laughs> you spend you're like oh those would have been nice because i don't know if you would find it on your own and there are still light switches in adelaide i don't know what they go to so, <laughs> um, if, if i figure them out i'll add it to the book next year um so yeah so i do it mostly because i feel like people um 
it just answers their questions. And then they really do understand that they can use that book as a a resource and for for anything. I mean, I go over like how to operate the grill, um, uh, everything, you know, so it's just, I feel like it it makes their stay easier um, because they don't have to worry about finding answers to questions. I have one final question for you. It's it's actually a two part question. Um, and the, the question is, uh, what is home to you? And then one that's closely related to that, but, but slightly nuanced and different is what do you think makes a space feel like home? Okay. So home to me is a place that my family is happy in. Um, so right now I have the two homes, I have our own home and then my family loves Adelaide. So that is my home. Um, something that makes a home to me as uniqueness, um, things where, where every piece or, or the space is filled with thoughtful belongings. Um, I really try to not own many things, um, but everything I have, I really like to enjoy. Um, for Adelaide, I filled it with like every piece. I, it has a story. Literally I could sit, I could walk around the, the, <laughs> the bedroom and tell you where I got the, the bed frame from mm-hmm. and the story behind. And, um, and I like unique pieces and it's an Airbnb, but I literally have, I don't know if you've seen, but there's like, I think three pieces of original art in that house. Um, which is just, I, I assume not many, I mean, and each of those, the pieces of art I have really unique stories yeah. for, um, the captain downstairs. Have you seen the captain downstairs? I'm I'm actually looking at it right now. I'm downstairs uh, <laughs> while we're recording. Yes. What is the, what's the story behind it? The captain is actually funny. He was one of my first pieces of artwork that I fell in love with a number of years ago. And I actually got him on this like auction site. And it's actually just interesting. It's I think it, the artist is um, Pelham and he's a New England artist. And he basically painted the same man over and over again, um, which is just kind of funny. And if you like search like these like auction sites and stuff, you can you see this captain showing up all the time. I, th- I think there was one on like the Seth Meyers show. Wow. Um, but it's like the same guy. So I, I got him, I forget how much I paid for him and then had him, you know, professionally framed. And now he's in the bunk room, which is just very funny. So, um, I like, I like interesting things like artwork. Um, there's, um, you know, uh, original, um, pottery from the, you know, that's local to the Cape, which is, um, the Chatham pottery, I believe. And I have that going up. It's the horseshoe crab up the stairs, which someone did broke, break the nose off of, but I have to fix them. Um, I also have a local Cape Cod artist who did the little minnows on the, um, on the fireplace. Oh yes. And yes. Those are awesome. Which reminds me, cause I used to go to the Cape growing up as kids and I would spend my entire summer catching minnows. So that's that piece really, it's a teeny little piece, but it made me happy. Um, and it just, it's interesting. Like I just find like that the stuff I, I like to fill the house with things that make people look at them, um, you know, from plates on the wall and colors of paint. And I just, so I don't know if, if it, you enjoy it, but that's what makes a home to me is interesting things. I just see, you know, from real estate, I see cookie cutter all the time, you know, like again, like the four bedroom, not to knock the four bedroom, two and a half colonial, but you know, you see the same things over and over again. And I like to have, um, I like to see interesting things and thoughtful things. And those are the things that make a house feel um, different to me. And that makes it feel like home to me. I love it. Yeah. And I, I do think to use a, a Steve Jobs quote, 
You know, there is sophistication in simplicity. And what I love about this place is that it's not overly, you know, from a from a decoration standpoint, it's not overwhelming. Um, it's yeah. it's simple, and yet every uh, aspect, whether it's a a, a painting, whether it's your, um, uh, you know, your your candle hurricanes, whether it's um, a, a piece of art on the mantle, right? It's it's everything's been placed so uh, seemingly strategically, and it's simple, and it has this these connotations of sophistication and story behind. I mean, even the bookshelf, right in the bedroom, and it's oh, yeah. just it's it, it's so unique. You you don't see these Which things I everywhere. I think it's a real canoe. <laughs> it, it does it look like, yeah, for our listeners, it looks like it's like a half of a canoe um, that's been transformed into into this bookshelf. And yet those are those are the aspects that I think make staying in Airbnbs worth it. It's it's different than a hotel. It's different than just your standard sort of like beach vacation rental. It's not trying to be sort of this very contemporary, like modern open floor plan. It's, it's trying to, it's trying to really own up to it. And I think live into the character of what was. Um, and I think yeah. that that's where you get back into sort of like the soul of the space. Um, and I think that you've just done a fantastic job at uh, keeping sort of the, the historical aspects of this place um, intact while also, you know, uh, peppering in some sort of uh, some, you know, new features like I love the table and, and the sectional and, and the coffee table as well. And I'm excited to see sort of like how the how the fireplace continues to to, uh, to, yeah. to be reworked because it's just such a beautiful, beautiful uh, mantle and, and space there, too. Yeah, no, it definitely, well, that room is like 90% windows and I think they have like two feet of baseboard to heat it. So as you can see, <laughs> it's, it's disproportionately cold. So I feel like if we can put a gas fireplace in there, it might solve some of the problems. But but you see, the trick is that as I, I really have to find something that keeps the character and charm of the yeah. fireplace too. So you can't, so I have to make sure I can't compromise that. So that's the the challenge I'm going to be facing now because I, I want that to be as beautiful and I don't want it to take away from the fireplace. So it's a challenge. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being here and sharing uh, your story with us, sharing the story of Adelaide with us. Um, for our listeners, we'll include um, some uh, descriptive copy and also a link to Kristen's Airbnb listing so you can check out her place and see if uh, see if you know it's available during the time that you're planning your travels. Um, Kristen, any sort of a parting thoughts or, or parting words you would want to share with us before we before we sign off here? No, I'm just super excited. I just love hearing, <laughs> I just love talking to you and hearing that you enjoyed your day. It, it, it means the world to me. Well, thank you very much and um, appreciate sort of all that you've poured into this place and really hopeful that some of our listeners today will give it a look and um, give it a book if it, uh, if it aligns with, um, you know, their vacation time over the coming months. So thank you so much for your time, Kristen. It was great chatting with you and thank you for welcoming us into your space. Thank you, Zach. Hey, friends. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous. 
a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, And thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.